With that being said, I am <laughs> And now, with that being said, for the next three to four years, I'll be taking my talents too. Hey, everybody out there. This is Coach Jaime, Jonathan Heimbach, uh, and uh, excited to have our first podcast with special guest Gerald Foster. Uh, excited to have you guys here with And That Being Said. Uh, so we're going to get into a lot of different things on this first podcast, uh, talk about how the game of football has really changed our lives and how it's intertwined uh, our relationship together as a player, as a coach, and now as co-workers. So uh, excited to have you guys on board here with the podcast. Uh, this is a new venture to try to reach out to a whole big audience. Uh, we've got uh, listeners and questions from uh, from players of all different levels. We've got parents of recruits who are looking to try to find a spot for their kid. Uh, coaches at all levels, whether it be high school, college, pro guys, Um uh, and then just the general fans and public uh, that love the game. I don't think there's any better game uh, than the game of football. And it has definitely changed my life. Uh, I've been involved in it uh, from my first memories. Uh, my dad was a coach. Uh, I was around the game as a, as a ball boy running around, just being a rug rat in a locker room to, uh, to play in high school ball, being able to play at the University of Southern California, played at SC. Uh, shout out to the new Heisman Trophy winner. I know a lot of people are a little pissed off <laughs> that maybe, uh, but definitely um, uh, was an honor to be able to play at SC um, and then uh, bounce around the NFL for a short cup of coffee. Um, the coffee never really got cold. It was pretty short for me, uh, but then transitioned, played a lot of ball overseas uh, in NFL Europe, played in Canada, played in the original XFL, uh, and then uh, – um, got into coaching and north and south of the border, high school, college, pro ball. Uh, this game is one that I love and it's, it's, uh, it's something that we love to share with you guys. And I want to introduce, uh, my co-host, uh, my, uh, my ex player, my, my, uh, <laughs> my padre from, uh, that I couldn't quite sign when I was trying to recruit him. Um, but, uh, Gerald Foster, we go way back a number of years and fired up to have Gerald on a podcast. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, first of all, go big red. Got to say that as many times as I can, right? Um, no, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, softback for me, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska guy, uh, played at the university, uh, had a whole lot of fun with my, my friends there. The same cup of coffee that Jaime drank from, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> we didn't have to go get a new uh, glass. We just both took a sip and got out of it. Um, after that, I... Uh, Went to the XFL, played for Coach Heimbach, which was a whole lot of fun. It was crazy. You know, I was uh, helping out at my old high school, and I get a call from somebody I hadn't heard in years. And he's like, hey, you ready for it? I was like, let's go. Let's have some fun. So, uh, yeah, it was a whole lot of fun to get down there to Tampa. We did a, a great thing, um, starting, up a, uh, <clears throat> starting up a program down there that uh, I feel like uh, for the XFL, they're going to be uh, a good staple. Um, I, I'm excited to see exactly how this podcast goes. It's going to be a, a whole lot of fun. Two friends going back and forth. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We're going to talk about a lot of football, and uh, hopefully you guys get something out of it. Gerald was uh, – he, he's real uh, – um, he's just trying to kind of sandbag a little bit. What is like that? A cup of coffee. <laughs> like, this dude is a baller. And, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's got the type of personality that just captures a locker room and it captures a unit. And not only was he a hell of a player, um, he's just got that type of personality of a guy you want to be around. And since we I, I was the offensive line coach for the XFL in Tampa before COVID hit and it shut us down. Um I, I was fortunate enough to be able to grab Gerald in our draft and to be able to have a guy like that in the locker room was just 
in the meeting room was something special because you got to have a lot of personalities. And fast forward about three years afterwards, some of these kids and because uh, they didn't think I played worth a damn. They're like, okay, who's that? Who's that old dude over there <laughs> trying to tell us what to do? You got a guy like Gerald that comes in and and coaches him. He gives a he just has immediate respect coming from the players and his personality is so big that the guys just love listening to him. So I figured this is a great way to just help talk about the game, help grow the game, help kids, help parents, help players and coaches grow the game. Cause I think it's something that uh, we have a lot of love for this game, how much it helped us in our careers and our lives and just the shared connection that we have together. So I think this is a, a really good start to something special. He makes me sound like the best guy in the world. Goodness <laughs> gracious. If you, talk, you, if you asked any of the old girlfriends I had, if I was the guy that he just made me out to be, goodness gracious. I, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Well, uh, no, we, may have to, we may have to get some, some, some guests on here from your hat and open up <laughs> some of them. Open up some of the closets <laughs> and see what's going on back there. He's trying to get me in trouble. That's all that is. <laughs> No chance. Uh, what what Gerald and I have have been able to do, I guess, over the last couple months, um, been almost kind of six months now, is five as one has always been kind of a mantra for me with the offensive line. There's five offensive linemen, and five guys have to work together. They have to be in unison to create a um, to be able to carry out the play. If one guy goes the wrong way, one guy jumps off sides or has a missed assignment or it's just there, there's a lack of communication, the group's not going to function well and the offense is going gonna, is gonna to struggle. And so I think that's why we have an affinity towards the offensive line, just because we were both the big skilled athletes that were needed on the offensive line. But play on words for us, the five on one mantra has the analogy of a fist and you're only as strong as those five things working together. And it can be a, a really powerful force when all five of those things strike uh, strike true and they have great aim. And so the five is one mantra that we push towards a kid that, that we've trained. And also it's become a little bit of a buzzword that we're trying to get out there, not only to the younger kids we're training, but to some of those that we have worked with, maybe guys that I coached, I, I was fortunate enough to coach in uh, a deal called the Nike Opening, which had premier high school football players before they went to college, got to know kids, and now they're all over the country. We're starting to do NIL deals and do an apparel company. Uh, make sure you go to 5as1.com, check out the shop. We got some gear for you. Um, all sizes, doesn't just have to be the big boys. Um, but Gerald has such a great connection with so many great Huskers, guys that he played with in the NFL, that now the brand is starting to get out and you're going to start seeing it on Sundays. Some guys start to wear some of that stuff going to the games because it's really exalting the offensive line and the position because there's no position like it. So, Gerald, kind of what's your take on O-line play? Why is it so different than every other spot on the field? Well, all right. I got a lot of pieces. Start, to start it off, the five is one. I remember when Jaime, he uh, explained it to me the first time when we were in Colorado Springs. And it, it, was, it was amazing to, to hear what I felt already. You know, I already felt that about the O-line. I felt like, uh, I mean, truly, we're, we're trying to punch the defense right in the face. And if you got your pinky out, your thumb out, you're going to break something, Right. So you got to have everything all formed together. Everybody has to be on the same page. That's the reason why it works. That's the reason why I feel so comfortable with the five is one logo tagged on uh, my chest or on my back either way. Because I, I believe in what we're doing. We're trying to make it so that not only, like Kanye said, not only the, the young guys that are coming up to, to take that as their motto, but the, the guys like me that have always thought about it. You know, we've always had that kind of mindset, but we just didn't have anything to to, uh, to tag along with ourselves. And I think that that's the reason why a lot of my old teammates, they all, they love the shirts. They love the, the brand. They love everything about what we're trying to do here. And uh, it, it's going to work out really well. I, I'm comfortable to say that. Um, the reason why the O-line is so much better is because, let me tell you, 
for uh, all of you people under 200 pounds. Waking up every day <laughs> at 300 plus, it's, it's a fight. So not only doing that, you add in, you have to go out there, work as hard as the little guys, do all the other stuff. You're asked, I don't know, probably twice as much uh, information to know because you have audibles to your checks. And then you have to work with another four guys. Uh, being a DB, the only other position that goes backwards, I, I give them credit. Athletes out there. We're the same as them on offense, all right? We're going backwards against their best rushes, uh, rush ends that they got. DT, you know, 6'6", 330. He's coming right at us. We're trying to do all this stuff going backwards. If you don't know what you're doing, it's almost impossible, which is the reason why with the great coaching, respect for each other, you're able to do so well and you're able to go so far, which is the, another piece to the why five is one is so important. After you understand that, then uh, it makes it so the sky's the limit for your offense. Well, I mean, it's, it's almost half the offense. You look at five guys of the 11 that are out there. I mean, you say 11 guys have to do their job, but you know, you can have one receiver make one catch and ball's gone, but you got to be able to protect the quarterback. You got to be able to make the checks based on what the coverage is. You got to be able to make the the run check, whatever it may be, based on what the defense is doing. And all of those five guys have to not only verbally communicate, but there's almost kind of this unsaid communication that you just kind of feel what you see and that you can't even really explain it until you've been there, until you've been in the A and B gaps and to know, hey, when you see something on film and all of a sudden it shows up or the run check that you knew was going to be the one to run right into a, a zone pressure be like, hey, that that thing broke the back of the defense. And if all those five guys, like each of the fingers has an analogy to create the fist and like, I'll just hit it quick because I think it's important. Because you and I know what it means and the kids we train. But when you talk about the first finger, the thumb, and you talk about being a thumb pointer, not a finger pointer, it talks about the accountability factor. Like you have to be accountable to your line mates. You have to be accountable to the coaches, to, to everybody, to be able to do your job. I need to be able to know my plays. I need to be there on time. I'm just need, I need to be a reliable, dependable player for the unit. And so we always talk about being a thumb pointer. Like, I'm going to do mine. I'm going to handle my business. And then I think the, the offensive line is so important because they're great leaders. And the pointer finger shows the way. And you don't need to be verbal. Some guys are more verbal than others. Gerald was one. Once you got to know him, he would <laughs> shut up. You know, it was one of those things. But if you have good leaders and you have guys that are great examples that are going to show up on time, guys that are going to – you know, handle the extra workout that are going to do the extra film study. They're going to show the other guys what you need to do and everything that you put into it because of training and the things that you put your body through. Being a leader that way is so important as an offensive lineman. And the, sometimes you've got to make sacrifices. And that's where the middle finger comes in. You have to have a trust factor that you're going to be there. You're going to be accountable. You can be a great leader. But sometimes you got to tell people with the middle finger, no, that's not for me. F you. I got to make a good decision that, hey, I can't go run the streets. I've got to make good choices. I got to handle what I need to handle because there's a trust factor that, you know what? No, I can't go do that. That's for somebody else because it's an exclusive group. And that trust of when you're not with your line mates, that you're going to do the right things. Or when you're together, hey, I trust that guy's got my back. I think that's a huge part of it. Like, hey, the trust, I trust these dudes arm in arm that we're going to be able to get the job done on fourth and one, or we're going to be there when it needs to happen. And the, the fourth component, the ring finger, is the commitment factor. I mean, everybody has the analogy of a ring, the commitment, how strong the bond of marriage is. Um, but also when you're a football player, you chase that ring, you chase that championship. And when you're looking for commitment, you got to have those guys right next to you having your back. And then the last one is kind of the analogy I think is great, like the, the pinky, the pinky finger, the respect, the godfather, the respect. Like respect is earned. It's never given. And 
you've got to have the respect of your line mates. The offense has to respect the O-line. The defense better respect that your O-line is going to be able to get out there and get it done in four minutes and go pound that ball and, and keep them off the field to, to keep the W. So that's kind of where the fist analogy comes from. And I think that's the language that that you speak in the O-line room that's meant so much to Gerald and I. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's definitely it, right? I mean, the pinky, that, that's probably my favorite one. But I, <laughs> who doesn't like to be the guy, right? <laughs> the guy everybody wants to see out there. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, respect, the trust factors, those are all things that you don't build over one day, right? It doesn't happen over one workout. The strongest guy in the room might not be your leader. He might not be the, the guy that you're going to, you know, fall behind. But after time, you, you find out, okay, this guy, he's setting himself up. He's trying to make it so that not only he does well, but everybody around him does well. Now, that's a guy that I want to follow. Even if, if, you know, he's not the strongest guy, uh, he might not be the tallest guy, any of that stuff. But he's, he's pushing forward not only with himself, but with everybody else on his back. That's the guy that you want to follow. And that's the guy that I, I always felt like I wanted to be. There's no doubt. And like, as we talk about like this being the first quarter of our first podcast, and with that being said, we want to have great conversation. And I know people are, some people that are listening may have a background of who we are. Some people may have just clicked on this being like, what the heck did I just walk, walk into? <laughs> yeah, and they, they're looking know, at Ebby and Ivory. <laughs> exactly, right? You can have this combo of, of one of us being really good looking and the other one just, you know, not having much hair. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, with that being said, is kind of a play on words for us because usually the O-linemen are kind of in the background and it's better to be in the background because the only time people notice us is when you get circled when you jumped off sides it's or always an or, or they threw some <laughs> rpo Gosh. they threw some rpo and we're downfield and it's like illegal lineman downfield and everybody gets pissed off at the alignment and it's like oh. wait a minute coach you called a run and nothing's better rock down the field so nothing um, is better golly nope. i just oh that kills me <laughs> <laughs> you, you hit me in the hardest spot right there that, that kills me man when they they give you the why is that guy does he even know what he's doing out there <laughs> yes yes he does all right yeah <laughs> he knows and so and with that being said we wanted to transition into kind of the second quarter to talk about how this game has changed i mean the game is ch it's changing daily especially at the college level oh, um, okay. there is so much going on as a as a father of a senior in high school that's being recruited, that is committed, that has gone on visits Woo -woo. and all that stuff. Yeah. What, what's that? Go Cats. Hey, Gotta say it. Yeah. We, we just did a little recruiting visit. My son just committed a couple weeks ago. Um, he was uh, He's about as close as the O-line to really dabbling in it. He was a tight end, D-end, but he's a long snapper. So yeah, there it is. He's, he, he's basically, you know, the fourth quarter or the fourth, fourth down center. And uh, um, I did a little bit of long snapping. It helped me hang around, got into some NFL camps. And so, uh, quick story, my, my son came to me, Walker, and he said, Dad, I want to play, play college football. And he was a freshman at the time, first year playing ball. I was holding him out because I know that the pounding that the game takes on you, but I wanted him to have a great experience. And I said, all right, man, I got good news and bad news for you, buddy. Good news is I think you can play college football. Bad news is I think there's only one spot, and that's putting the ball between your legs 15 yards. But he's he has he has taken to it. Um, he's he's a committed long snapper right now to the University of Kentucky. We're excited about the opportunity for him to go and play some ball and be a part of that program. Um, and uh, and so he's grown up near the offensive line. He actually played O line as a, as a freshman, which is why I said, Hey, you probably need to move a little bit closer as a, uh, as, <laughs> as a snapper. Cause you just didn't have the size for it, but the game has truly changed recruiting wise. I mean, the coaching carousel, th this like it's nuts right now. And Gerald alluded to, he's a Husker. He's Go in the red. midst of, uh, of uh, a little bit of a change going on over there in the oh, Lincoln. Man. So, 
what what is the deal with the big red right now? What's what's the vibe? What's the you, you know the problem is is that I can't tell you. There's not a Husker out there that can tell you why we're doing what we're doing. He, for the history that we have behind our program and all the people that are like, oh man, I, I love the Huskers. I really hope that they do well and all this stuff. And I don't know if we're, you know, we're, we're stepping on our own toes at this point or if we got some kind of curse from being good, you know, for the years <laughs> that we were good. And now, now they're just the football guys are taken away from us. I, I don't know. I, I, at this point, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to hope. That rule comes in. He's the guy that we need. Uh, we get all of the, the, all of the stuff on the sidelines all figured out, off the field issues all figured out. And we can go into a season and just enjoy football again. You know, uh, at least at least for your program, right? <laughs> your guys are you guys are doing something big. I, I'm happy to hear one of us is having fun. <laughs> well, it's. Uh... It was up until that Pac-12 championship, and then it oh. all went crumbling down in, in thirty <laughs> oh, minutes. Thirty minutes and one tweaked hamstring um, cost us a lot of money. And uh, I know there's a lot of Buckeye fans that are loving life, just sitting back, not playing in a conference championship, uh, backpedaling their way into the uh, into the semifinals. But we're uh, it's good to see the Trojans back on the national landscape to be relevant. But that's how much this game has changed. I mean, you look at where things were with Clay Helton. They were up and down. They weren't real consistent. All of a sudden, you add a new coach. You add a new quarterback. You add about 15 transfers. And bang, they're in it. They're rolling. And they're smoking people. And it's how quick things can change. And I'm sure Coach Rule's doing the same thing right now. Like, he's out on the recruiting path. He's out finding guys. He's solidifying his coaching staff. And you know, it's it's that time of year. I mean, it's a contact period right now. Coaches are hitting those G5s and they are going coast to coast <laughs> trying to they go trying to find some guys. They're in they're in living rooms, convincing moms and dads to say, I'm gonna take care of your son, not only on the field in the classroom, but what's changed is how we can set your son up for life beyond football, right? Like What's the NIL set up? How can we set the family up? Like, what is the, what's the beyond football? I think when you and I were playing, it was, I just want to go play ball. I just want to yeah. go get the mix. And I want to, I want to have a great experience, play ball. But it's now football has evolved. The game has evolved to an earlier age to where amateurism, you throw that thing out the window and say, now it's about setting myself up for the next phase of life beyond going to, to play on the sidelines on Saturdays. Yeah, what happened, I mean, definitely for both of us, it was you're going so that you can play in front of a fan base that, you know, you've grown to love or you always loved. You want to go see what it's like to be in a stadium from 75 to 100,000 people. That was what it was about. Now, yeah. And a question, I mean, I, I, I'd love to ask one of them the college head coaches is do you go into those meetings? Do you, do you go in there with a, Hey, I, I'm going to try to hook your son up with these NIL deals, but he doesn't have to really commit to the school more than if he stays with me, he can come with me to the next place. If, if that's, you know, a thing, I, I don't know if that's something that you might throw in there, but I mean, it, it's happening. It's all over the place. Dion, uh, Primetime just left from Jackson, um, was it Jackson State to Colorado? And look at, I mean, he brought everybody that was good, <laughs> right? That That's a great segue, man. Coach Prime has got the pulse of, really, of the sports world right now. Yeah. I mean, there Easy. are a lot of eyes on Boulder right now to see what he's going to do. A lot of people saying, I love Coach Prime. He was one of my favorite players growing up to a lot of people saying, I can't wait to see him fall on his face, you know, because he's only been coaching a couple years and he hasn't done it. He hasn't had to, you know, go through the different places. And all of a sudden he's coming in and he's telling kids. I thought it was really interesting when you look at that first team meeting that they're advertising and they're filming and they're documenting everything. Every other team meeting that you and I have sat in, 
that it's no. like, hey, if you don't no. like it, <laughs> if, if you don't like it, you can leave. And I don't think I think people are now seeing what the transfer portal is about. So many people just thought it was, oh, the kid, the kid is unhappy because he's a backup. Or, you know, they didn't win the job, so they're going to bounce and go to another spot. Look, coaches want to clear their roster. They want to get all their guys in. I mean, selfishly as a coach, I mean, I've coached over 25 years at all different levels. You want your guys. I mean, I just went through an XFL draft. I'm coaching in the XFL uh, 3.0 that's going to start up in February. Yeah, here we go. We're going to get this thing going. Um, I just did a draft, and I drafted players that I knew that had history with because they know me. They know how we operate. Same thing in the college game. You're going to bring kids in that you recruited or played for you because they know who you are. There's a trust factor. But also, you know, those kids that are there, they're going to get pushed out. But if they stay, I bet those are going to be great program players for that to say, I believe in this institution, not just the coach. Because coaches, honestly, they're like city buses. They're going to be another one by in 15 minutes. Completely. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you hit it on the nail. And going back to just the just the way it's all been set up, I think that Dion has the he has the range right now he understands what's going on he understands how to use the system all right come to this school we'll be able to get you this come with me come along do this do that if you don't want to be here i'm sorry but i can set you up to go to another school and do well now he's leaving good relationships even though you know the kids aren't there he's doing all the good stuff i don't know if it's going to pan out Colorado is going to play Nebraska. <laughs> I, I hope to God they don't figure it out until after that game. But I, I'm going to sit on my hands. I, I, um, I think it's going to be interesting, though. Um, but talking about that NIL, right? Um, if you were back in college and you were uh, playing for uh, SC and you got told by, I don't know, uh, Texas, Right, your coach. Say your coach just left. You got told by Texas, we can sign you on an NIL deal for four hundred thousand dollars for the next year, and maybe that number will just keep rising if you're a star. Is that something that you do? Is that something that that comes to your mind, or do you stay because you're loyal to your programs? Right, because that was always going to happen to you know the center uh, on a team. You know, everybody's everybody's shooting. <laughs> Everybody's for NIL, yeah. dude. Like, I'm turning down car deals. I'm turning down apparel setups. Like, I know. So let me think back to all the things I turned down when I was at SC. But, like, the deal is, and it's a real touchy subject right now in college football, um, coaches are not really allowed to associate with the NIL. So they just kind of – they kind of are saying, okay, I'm hands-off. <laughs> You you talk to our you talk to our NIL people, they'll put you in touch with the people that are basically the boosters just chomping at the bit, right? They got a car dealership or they got a restaurant or they've got a business where all of a sudden, hey, we can sponsor you. And now this basically takes it out of the coach's hands. And they're like, hey, even though we've got all these boosters, this is the way for them to really pay back into the program. And if you were to say my coach left, I don't even know where I stand. I don't even know who my new coach is going to be. You got to go with what's familiar. And if there's a comfort level and you built a relationship with a coach that recruited you and maybe you didn't sign to him, but hey, I really like that guy. He shot me straight. You know, he told me what where I stood and he didn't make any promises to me. Like Gerald, I tried to recruit you. Um, I was uh, coach, I was, I was recruiting at Wake Forest and, uh, and I, I was crazy enough to try to recruit a kid out of Lincoln, Nebraska that, uh, <laughs> wanted to come all the way out to, to Winston, Salem, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I guess I, I didn't have enough bag money. He almost had uh, me. He almost <laughs> had me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. He was, he, the, the money under the table was good. It was looking really good. He almost had me. But. Right. I was close. Hey, yeah, you know, all that money you took, you never returned it, right? Right. One of those deals. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. But but I, I think there was a trust factor when I called you and said, Hey, I'm I'm coaching in the XFL. I've watched your career. 
you're exactly what we're looking for. You know, big road grader guard that has NFL experience. You just need reps. You just need an opportunity to go play the game like you did at Nebraska. How many games did you start for the Big Red? Um, three seasons. A lot. Whatever that right? yeah. A lot. Whatever right? that means. Over, over 30 games, right? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. You might, you probably want probably a couple bowl games in there. Yeah. A couple bowl games thrown in there. Couple. Yeah. So you had a lot of ball underneath you and, and you were built what we wanted and you fit our scheme. And I think we led the offense in the XFL 2.0 before COVID hit and shut us down. We were start, we were trending in the right direction and talking to a bunch of guys who played with us. We started off and we made some roster changes and all of a sudden it was like, we were starting to really fire on all cylinders. And that's why I'm excited to be back in the league to start this thing off for the third time. And we've got great backing by Disney, ABC. We've got Dwayne Johnson um, uh, backing the league. And I think it's really going to take off this time because America is such a football-crazed, football-hungry country that I think people are going to want to see something after after the Super Bowl is done. But you were a guy that I felt comfortable with, and I think we gelled, and all of a sudden it just kind of – blossomed into a really good offensive line and I thought we we were really firing on all cylinders when when the league shut down for COVID yeah of course I mean <clears throat> I think the the best part about and I'm going to go on a soft tangent but the best part about your coaching to your players is that you guys aren't asking for extra you're asking for exactly what is needed right you're, you're not asking like I need you to stay up every single night going over your playbook. No, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. You're asking for, I need you to show up when it's time to play, that you're focused, you're taking your mental reps on the sideline, and you're doing the job the way it needs to be done. And on the other side is I need a coach that understands that I, I need my recovery time. I need my, my time off my feet so that when I am on there, I'm giving 100%. I can give 100%. I'm not topping out at my 85, you know? And between the two, I, I felt like that was the reason why we were doing so well. Uh, I didn't say, but I, we, were, we were the rushing uh, leaders throughout the XFL for the time that we had. And uh, that, that just goes to show that not only, you know, the players, um, the five O-line, we were all gelling together. We were great with our coach. And uh, I, I would say for the coaches that are listening, understand that players they want the same goal as you right <laughs> a lot of people they kind of lose that they, they lose the oh these guys they, they don't want it no they want it but you got to be able to, to guide them in the right way and facilitate them to be able to be the best that they can be they might not see the end result perfectly but they still got their eye on the prize just like you do no doubt i think uh I think that's a good time just to take a little tra uh, take a little break here, maybe hit a little halftime um, for us because there's so much that uh, I think gets us passionate about the game and about coaching and about development. And um, I think halftime is we'll take a little break here and uh, talk about a couple of our uh, our sponsor, and then we'll get into the third and fourth quarter because I think there's a, an audience we need to ask the audience what they want. And we're going to throw out a little bit to everybody to kind of see after halftime, what is it you want us to talk about? How can we help you grow the game, grow in, in the game of football and how we can better your coaching, better your playing. So it's a good chance to take a little break at halftime. Take your skills and development to the next level at Fix Sports Training, Colorado's premier training center. At Fix, they train and treat athletes from every sport and skill level. They have trained athletes as young as 10 years old, to high school, to professionals, and even Olympic athletes. Their trademark training platform optimizes athletes' neuromuscular efficiency in order to maximize athletes' performance in strength and conditioning and speed and agility. The facilities at Fix include a full athletic training room to treat athletes with infrared light, electrical muscle stimulation, hot and cold modalities, compression therapy, and a muscle activation techniques. 
This winter, they're running their winter swolstice lifting program with an emphasis on strength and hypertrophy. Call FIX today and set up your personalized performance assessment. Area code 719-646-9891. Again, area code 719-646-9891. Hey, welcome back to, and with that being said, it's uh, time for the second half kickoff in the third quarter. So, uh, hey, hey, here we go. <laughs> here we go, second, baby. Second <laughs> half, let's see what you made of, Gerald. Um, as, as I mentioned before, we have a relationship as a player coach. And I grew up a coach's kid. I grew up around the game. And I grew up an educator. I got my master's in education. My first job after I got cut from the Arizona Cardinals I went back to my high school and I was teaching and coaching and I really learned a lot of ball really at the high school level, uh, just the interaction and how kids are really developing. And one of the things I think as you study coaching and I've got a great passion for coaching and you as a player, your ability to connect and be a mentor to younger players, your coaching um I think is to try to find what is important to get the most out of your players. Guys learn differently. And I just wanted to hit like with all your experiences, different places you've been. Guys sometimes learn based on hey a playbook or they watch film or they're out on the field doing a walkthrough or they, they need to do it in practice or they need to slow down and do it like you set up trash cans and set up a defense, like in your experience as a player and all the different installations that maybe coaches had for you and just wanted to get a pro's perspective on it and have you take a little bit of, and with that being said, take us on the coaching one-on-one third quarter. Oh yeah, easy. Um, <clears throat> I mean, kind of put it perfectly that everybody, you know, we, we all have our, our, uh, our avenues, right? The way that we're able to figure out what the game is, figure out the game plan, and uh, to be successful. The avenue doesn't matter as long as we come back to the main street. Um, and I'm saying that for the whole five, right? You might have a center that's really good with just hearing it. You know, he gets told, uh, you got a backer that's going to move over. He's bossed out. And since you see that, you're going to see safeties start adjusting. He's like, okay, that's easy enough. Now I'm going to move my point. Things like that might work for him. Your tackle, he might be a guy that needs to sit down, you know, uh, actually see somebody else do the play in the film room. And then for your guard, he might need, you know, be a guy that has to be out there on the field. Um, with all that being said, as long as everybody's able to understand that, you know, their job is this and their job is that, then, then you should be good. Uh, as a coach, I would say uh, figure out your guys. Figure out exactly what kind of guy you're going to have, and you're going to have to adjust. Uh, that's one thing after, what is it, 15-plus years of football that I've been a part of, maybe more than that. I can't really think too much off my head, but uh, you can see the, the coaches that can't do that and – the O-line, the whole team suffers. The coaches that can't adjust well and they think that their script is the script that has to happen, that, that, that's silly, right? A teacher doesn't do that in a classroom. So, so why on the football field do you take yourself out of being a teacher? You're, you're, you're the guy that we're all looking for with the knowledge and the experience. So uh, knowing what, what's all going on, you got to change up a couple things here and there. And Jaime, he did a great job with he understood. I mean, we, I, I feel like that kind of worked out perfectly. Uh, the scenarios I was giving out, we had a center, uh, Jordan, he could do almost anything. If you tell him that's exactly what it is, he did it. We had some tackles, God bless us, that uh, <laughs> they need a little bit more time and uh, a little more time in the, the study room. And uh, for me, uh, that's always been my thing is to be able to just go out and do it. I just need to be able to be on the field and fill it out. And then from there, I'll be able to assess the way that I'd want to play it. I think the biggest thing in coaching is creating confidence in your players. 
Number one, they got to know that you believe in them. And sometimes guys need to be have a little fire lit underneath them in front of the whole team to say, hey, man, you ain't holding it up for the rest of us. And sometimes if you try to expose a player and maybe make an example of them in front of the group, they are going to shut down. And you got to do that behind closed doors. You got to shut the door and be like, hey, man, you, you, I, you and I know you're better than this and appeal to them that way. And from a coaching background, what I want to do is open it up to our audience. I want you guys to hit us in the comments. Go to admin at fiveisone.com. Shoot us emails. Go to our social media. Follow us on Five is One, uh, Twitter, uh, or uh, we're on Instagram, five underscore as underscore O-N-E. And I think the more we can create dialogue, that there can be a great growth opportunity for coaches in this game, whether it's youth coaches, coaching for the first time. You may be a banker, a dentist, a construction worker, and your son's playing ball for the first time. And coaching has changed from when you played 25 years ago, 30 years. You're like, man, this game's totally different. How can we help coaches? I think that's one of my goals with this podcast and in coaching and doing doing podcasts and doing clinics and doing speaking engagements to be able to grow the game and looking at it from a player's perspective coming from Gerald, guys learn differently and how you build confidence in your players is important. And so Gerald, for me as a coach, who's, and and take another coach, your high school coach, an NFL guy, what was a kind of a aha moment for you or something that clicked, some mechanism that helped you kind of learn a scheme or, you know, oh, I kind of figured it out when I was at this training camp or, hey, in this game or this meeting, like what were some of your uh, ways just that coaches really reached out to you and helped you grow as a player? <clears throat> That's a, it's a little hard. It's kind of a loaded question just because uh, it, I, I wouldn't say it was the coach more the, the experience you know, the moment that it was happening, right? And it's different on the different levels. Uh, I would say my first, uh, when I was back in high school, when I went to my first Nebraska camp, and they were teaching all this handwork and all using your hands instead of using your face, uh, face mask, forearm punch, you know, back in high school. When some of the coaches, you know, when I was growing up, that's the way they taught you. Um right that was like a big moment for me. Um, learning that uh, coming into my uh, redshirt freshman year, Gerald, you're a good player, mm -hmm. but the reason why you're getting held back is because you don't do enough in the, um, you don't do enough in the study room. You're not studying enough and that's what's holding you back. Okay, now this is my next step. This is what I have to do. And then uh, one of the biggest ones, at least for me, that I, I can remember to this day is uh, going out and doing after-practice work with Brandon Sheriff. He played at Iowa. That's the only thing I can hold against him. <laughs> um, but when we were on the skins together, you know, being able to talk to him and seeing the way that he took his own drills and he, he was criticizing himself. And it's not like, you know, he was out there yelling at himself or anything crazy. But I could tell, like, if he thought he didn't do the right step, okay, I got to do it five more times. And there's nobody out there. It's just me and him. And he, he did this every single day, and there was nobody to tell him that he had to do it. And there was definitely nobody to tell him that he couldn't do it. But when you're able to see a guy on that kind of level, it was amazing. I, I think one of the things that stood out to me that you just said, a delivery standpoint coming from a coach, starting it off by saying, you're a good player. Now you were listening because they gave you a little pat on the back. Hey, you're a good player, but you can be great if, hey, I'm in the NFL. I want to do exactly what that pro bowler is doing. I believe in myself. I'm supposed to be here. I want to do it like him. And so I'm going to follow his lead. And so the example part of it. And so those are all things as older players or as coaches or as a graduate assistant or just as a coordinator or a head coach that might be listening. You've got to get your audience to believe you believe in them and yeah. I think that's the thing like if you're an older vet if you're an older player you're a senior 
on your team. And if you take one of those freshmen or that guy that got pulled up to varsity, he's getting his butt kicked. Uh, and it's like, I was there. You'll be okay. You know, just keep working, keep grinding, get in a weight room, follow, pay attention. Like you listening to Sheriff, like it's just one of those things that you want your players to believe that you believe in them. And I think it's super critical to build the confidence in your players and they need to feel responsibility. I'm not saying that everything that a coach needs to say is, is, you know, hearts and, and, uh, you know, um, unicorns and, and ponies and everybody feels <laughs> great. And hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, meditate about, you know, how great you are. Look, you need to put a little bit of, Hey, you have a responsibility to the unit and here's Why how we meditate it better. It's, it's that, you know, however you get your players to play their best, I, I think that's the, the art of, of great coaching. And I look forward to hearing some questions and some, some things as we, uh, as we continue to do these podcasts and grow the game and, and grow the coaching element. Um, I wanted to transition to the fourth quarter, man. We're getting down to it um, for, uh, if, with that being said right now. And talk about recruiting. As a parent of a recruit, um, as a, a ex-college coach, recruiting is ever changing, man. And it is, it's very different now than it was when we played back, you know, when they didn't have face masks for me. For <laughs> you, you, they had like the giant neck rolls and there's neck rolls. <laughs> you had the single bar across the single front. bar, you, you got the elbow pads, elbow flipper pads, all that game. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely changed. We're not that old, but we wake up in the morning and feel it. But like right now is a contact period. Coaches are out and they are looking for guys, but they're not looking for high school guys right now. They're in that portal. They are looking for guys that can come in and help them right now, which is hard for the high school parents and the high school kids to say, well, where's my D1 offer? You, it may not be there for you because they're filling up. They need guys that are going to help save their jobs now because the clock is ticking on all those coaches. So recruiting-wise, from a 40,000-foot view, from a guy that's been out of college for a couple years, Gerald, where do you see the game changing? And how? what would you say to help a kid maybe that's in a small rural area that's not in a high profile, doesn't go to a, a state powerhouse championship caliber team like – how did they find the right school? If you're if you're asked on the street by a kid or a parent, how, how do you find the right school in this day and age? I mean, uh, I would say just to start it off, if you want to play football, D1 is not the only level that you can play football at. All right. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, uh, they think that I got to go to the Nebraska's, the USC's, the, the Florida, Georgia, Bama, you know, I got to go to some monster school so I can get in my, my fix and I can be able to, to be the guy that I see on TV. I'll tell you this. There's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of players that get overlooked. Uh, if you want to be somebody that, you know, gets an opportunity and you don't get it straight out of high school, go to a D1 AA, go to your D2, figure it out get bigger, do what you have to do because we're not all born six, six, three plus 300 pounds. And everybody's looking at us. Not everybody's born that way. So if you're, you're a six, one guy, six, six, one, six, two, 250 to 60 pounds. But you know that if you get another couple of years, you're going to be able to, maybe you might catch that extra, you know, inch of growth. You might be a late bloomer that way, or you're going to catch the, the college, uh, that college weight that, uh, that a lot of guys get. And now you're the 6'2", 6'3", 275-pound guy. And uh, just like Tommy says, people are looking into that portal. You know, you could maybe find yourself that way if you're still looking to be in the, uh, the D1 world. Uh, and I, I'll, I don't want to take anything away from the D1 world, but I'm saying that there is too much good football out there for you to limit yourself to just D1 football. Uh, many, find what fits. How many guys did you see in the NFL, in your experience, being in camps, kind of looking around that maybe were from some smaller schools, and you're like, man, well, you're from where? 
I never even heard of that. And that guy's got a seat at the table. And you probably had a bunch of teammates at Nebraska that are like, well, how come I'm not there? I went to Nebraska. How come I didn't get picked up? How come I didn't get drafted? And you got guys that are hungry coming from smaller schools. I know you probably ran into some of those guys that say, man, that guy's got a chip on his shoulder. And all of a sudden, he's unstoppable when you see guys that come from, you know, who who's the, uh, you know, what a Cooper Cup from from Eastern Washington played on the turf yeah. and he was just murdering people up there in uh, in Cheney Washington up there. I mean, I'm sure you probably ran into some guys. Oh, definitely. I mean, talent's talent, right? Yep. <laughs> That's not the easiest way to put it. Talent's talent, and uh, the NFL they they don't they don't have an eye closed to to a different uh, league other than the D1 uh, powerhouses. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're looking everywhere for every piece of talent they can possibly bring up. I mean, I was uh, I was able to play with guys that were on the Michigan teams, the Bama teams, and then I had a guy from uh, James Madison, a guy from um, what was it, Plymouth? I can't remember exactly the the whole name of the the college, but there. If you are a good player, you're somebody that wants to work, be the better you and you take advantage of the time that you have in college and you work your, your butt off to be that guy, people are going to notice. They're going to no, I mean, you, you think about like um, he's injured right now, but Ryan Jensen, that was yeah. a sixth round pick for the Bucs, um, played it at CSU Pueblo and, you know, was is protecting Tom Brady. And you talk about a guy that's hungry, that is just got a great mentality. He comes to work. He's a lunch pail guy, but he's violent. He's physical. He's trying to bury people. And I'm sure going to a small school got him fired up to say, I'm going to show everybody else why. Late bloomers. Like I saw a guy from North Dakota State playing tackle, and he was in the semifinal game last week, and he came into college as a tight end. And he had put 60 pounds on, and all of a sudden now he's a premier top potential draft pick going to a small school like North Dakota State. I mean, there are those guys all over the NFL. So everywhere, as as parents, as players, we want to know how can we help you on an individual basis with our connections, with people that we know, with our experiences as we talk about this because it's an ever-changing recruiting landscape right now. You've got coaches that are going to be out for just really another week, and then it goes dead. Uh, They're not going to be out. They're going to kind of settle down once they finish recruiting visits this coming week uh, with kids in the portal coming in. And then it goes dead kind of for the bowl games, coaching changes. Coaches, you're going to see one coach now wearing one polo now, and then after this dead period, he's going to come over to your house and he's going to be wearing a different colored polo. And you're like, Coach, what happened? And he's, he's got Don't worry about it. We're going. That's We're it. going into that's, school. That's the way of the world. And, it, you know, there's free agency and coaches. Now it's for players. And it's just trying to find the right fit, the right place for you. And, you know, with that being said, it's one of the things that we just want to talk about how, you know, that's kind of a play on words. Because we talked about the O-line maybe being seen and not heard. Do your job. You don't want to be noticed. But also the announcements that go out. Kids will put out, hey, I, I want to thank God. I want to thank so many people that have helped me get to this point. And they're going to make a recruiting kind of um, testament out there. And with that being said, I'm going to commit to this university and take my talents here and all that, and we get my hats. Exactly, <laughs> do the hat dance, bro. But it's like, guess what? When you show up to campus, no one cares how many offers you had. No one cares. Can oh, you wow. get the job done? Can you can you throw the ball? Can you block the three technique? Can you cover the slot receiver? Can you make the kick? Can you make the snap? Great. That recruiting, those photo shoots. Those letters, those calls, those texts, those DMs, all those followers that are following you from that school. With that being said, get the job done. Like it's, it's kind of the thing that you got to put recruiting aside and it's about production on the field. And 
that's the thing that we want to talk about. It's about getting the job done, whether it be a, a coaching technique, whether it be something we talk about in the O-line kind of technical world, talking about footwork and aiming points and combo blocks and 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 redirecting points on protections once we can get deep, knee deep into this thing. And, you know, all those things go into this. And this is a mentality. This is something that's more than just um, the end of the game. It's about the journey that takes you to having those great experiences. And it's about the um, it's about the journey, not the destination. And that's what we love about the game of football. And five is one has been something that that we've created. It's been a mantra. Um, it's it's something that I think gravitates towards the offensive line and those unsung heroes. And so as we transition into overtime to to kind of um, lock this thing up and and I think we're off to a great start Gerald it, it's awesome to have you on here and I feel like we hardly talked about anything that we wanted to we've got a lot of info <laughs> we talked that, about a lot but we didn't get what we need <laughs> exactly with with that being said what do we need to talk about for all this time and it's like we want to hear from the audience we want to hear from the guys being recruited. We want to hear from college guys. We want to hear from guys that are waiting to get drafted in the supplemental draft and the XFL. Like, coach, how do I get my shot? Well, here's what you need to do. Um, talking to Gerald, hey, what was your experience like? What was it like going to your first NFL camp? Hey, what was it like that first meeting that you went into when you were at Nebraska? What was it like when you went on a recruiting visit? What was it like when you got your first letter? What was it like when you got cut? What was it like, Coach, yeah. when you got fired? You know, I mean, we all have our scars. None of us are perfect. And this game grows us so many different ways, and it makes us better men, better husbands, better fathers. And if we can help give some of that information to you and we'll continue to learn and grow, I'm stealing from coaches all the time. I'm still trying to be a better coach. Um, learn different tactics in recruiting that I could help kids get to a right school, learn better ways than I can be a better dad, a father, a, a husband, and help this game uh, really just uh, exalt great players and have great experiences in the locker room. So over time, we want you guys to, to hit us on the messages, hit us on DMs, five is one on Twitter. Um, hit us on Instagram. We're on uh, TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere, baby. We're, we're trying. We're trying to build this thing and uh, and be a a sounding board uh, because we love this game. We love to see people be successful um, from coaches, players, parents uh, to grow this thing. And with that being said, Gerald, you got any kind of parting words to 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 finish this off on the inaugural? With that being said. Of course, I always got something to say. <laughs> I'll say this. If you got a comment, good or bad, we will not be hurt by you sending it in, all right? Send us what you've got. Um, questions uh, from both, you know, a coaching standpoint to a player standpoint, we got the answer. Uh, we're just excited to be able to get out information and allow people to, to see that, you know, there are always somebody, um, there's always somebody that's been there and there's always somebody that's looking out for you. And we're trying to do both. So with that being said, we got the wrap up, right? <laughs> love it, man. I love it. I know you always got something to say. Uh, always. Big, biggest thing, hit hit the website. Go to go to fiveisone.com. Go get on that shop. You better hit it before Christmas. You better, you better take hey, quarterbacks. You better take care of your O line. I mean, yes. Take care Thank of your goodness. big dogs. They're taking care of you. Need that. Um Take care of your coach. Hey, coaches, maybe get a little something for your boys, get ready for the spring training, whatever it may be. Get on there. This is a movement that we're trying to create something special for the offensive line, but it's not just O-line. It's about the game of football and how it's changed our lives, and uh, we're excited to see where this thing goes. I'm excited to kick off the XFL season starting off here in February, start training camp here in a couple weeks. Maybe I can convince Gerald to uh, come out of retirement and uh, <laughs> dust it off here if he's got a couple more sets left in him. I got three more sets. <laughs> you better use them wisely. All right. Do we do we have to space them out like every quarter? <laughs> like I'm good for a play. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
you do it the way you want. If you want three at the end of the game, throw them all together if you want it. So they're like, man, these guys came out strong at the start. Is he going to sit down? Is he not? Is he done today? He's got oxygen on his face. Hey, <laughs> as, as long as you get that active bonus, I know you don't care. Just keep just yeah, keep right? the checks coming. You know exactly what I so, want. Yeah, yep. <laughs> hey. And with that being said, guys, it's been awesome to talk a little bit ball. We look forward to doing this often and and hearing from you. Appreciate you and, and good luck and God bless out there.